the following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Boot computer. List of today's guests. Signing in chat room. Lining up news articles. Checking levels. Adjusting camera. Secure wire connection. Restart computer. Checking video feed. With all she's got to do, you'd think Nicole Sandler was a one-woman band. Well, she is. And she's ready for another show. And now, here's the Nicole Sandler Show on NicoleSandler.com. Doesn't seem to matter what we do. They're all determined to take away a woman's rights. I'm still reeling from the court charade. Wade. Now that gross Texas AG weighs in like he's an MD, but he's just Ken, one of those sexist jerky men, thinks it's his destiny to run a woman's life and ignore biology. He's just Ken, treats women like a breeding hen. What will it take for him to see he's not in charge of bodily autonomy? Everyone knows that he's a crook and such a vile one. Makes it a crime for refugees simply seeking asylum. For trying to run women's lives, we revile him. No doctor. That's why he's our enemy. Every woman's enemy. He's just Ken pulling this crap time and again, thinking his destiny. Schmuck Ken needs shaming by this comedian for making Texas be a healthcare jail like Handmaid's Tale in reality. He's just Ken thinks he's a king and he sucks at governing. Just oh, yet. okay. With a very quick okay. reminder that if you're enjoying okay. these weekly videos, I hope you consider supporting through my Patreon. For as little as two dollars a month, which is less than half the cost of a latte, you'll get bonus content as well as the satisfaction that you're helping me continue to put these videos out, helping everybody laugh at the news. And these days, don't we all need more laughter? Thanks. Yes, we do. Lauren Mayer, everybody, and uh, Lauren, we, a little extra applause there because she deserves it. She is like the hardest working woman in. Um, I was going to say show business, but is it is this show business? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, welcome to a Thursday. It is Friday Eve for those of us who just can't wait for the weekend. Um, and uh, to, to whoever it was who said in the chat room, I hope Nicole's Internet is working. Uh, the saga of the Cox. Yeah. 
So for those of you who are new, let me tell you what's been going on. So, you know, I moved to Arizona and one thing, a lot of things are more expensive here. Um, (laughs) Some things aren't, but many things are one of them being internet access. So in Florida, um, I, well, you know, I struggled with AT&T for years and then finally we got fiber. I, I feel like I should have a reverb on that fiber because everybody wants fiber optics. You get fiber, you're home free. Sadly, where I'm living now in Chandler, Arizona, we do not have fiber. No, we don't. And unfortunately, the my one and only monopolistic choice for internet service is through Cox, the aptly named cable company. And for somebody who asked me, no, I don't get cable. I don't have, I don't, we cut the, the, the cord. Is that how they say it years ago? Um, I have, we get our television via streaming. One more reason I need really good internet service. Anyway, in Florida, once we finally got fiber, um, the deal we had through this company was, it was like $65 a month, all in unlimited data. Um, gig service up and down. And it was enough to power. We didn't have streaming problems. Well, we had other problems, of course, the gremlins in the studio, but, but, but they didn't come from um, uh, the, the, the slow internet speeds. Well, we get here and the only choice in town is Cox. Aptly named Cox. So, um, and basically the way it works is I can get one gig up a 10th of that. I'm sorry, one gig down download speeds, a 10th of that up. And, um, but they cap you on the data that you can use. And I use a lot of data, go figure. And so I was getting charged overages. And so then I had to, I had to uh, reach deep down in my pocket and spring for the unlimited data which, you know, fiber just gives you. Um, So that's another 50 bucks a month. So my grant, as opposed to Florida, where it was like 65 all in, here it's $159, which frankly, I can't afford. So yes, I'm streaming on on Ethernet always. You can't stream using Wi-Fi. So, but I'm so fed up with Cox because their service sucks. so to speak. And so I thought I would give a try to the T-Mobile 5G internet at home because I was reading you can get decent speeds. So long story short, the, the stuff arrived yesterday and I spent all last night moving the router around from window to window throughout the house trying to find the best connection. Yeah, Diane in the chat room says, don't you just love monopolies? Not... Ugh. So, um, bottom line is they have the, the, the speeds just aren't enough. I did a test early this morning and some of you, you know, I want to, I was probably seven o'clock this morning and I hooked everything up and I had my shitty, you know, I, I download, I was getting about 90 or so, which is doable, but the upload speeds were, were horrifically slow. And, um, So I tested it this morning and sure enough, it wasn't stable enough. No, I'm back on Cox right now 
because I didn't want to. Um, oh, no, B has COVID. Feel better, B. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't going to take the chance on the show today because we have enough problems as it is without uh, the Internet connection screwing us up. Um, so but so I thought, OK, well, they do have an external antenna that you can get and put outside the house and it'll but except they're out of stock. <laughs> I can't win for losing. Anyway, I'll keep trying. But uh, uh, sadly, I don't think that, um, yeah, Rick says I'd try tinfoil on the router. Somehow I don't think the tinfoil trick is going to work. I don't know what the answer is, um, but I said I'd hold on to this crappy thing for another week. But when, when they allegedly are fixing a tower nearby, I don't know. It's, if it's not one thing, it's another. And it's always, always something. So anyway, I'm looking at the calendar because we, it is getting to be that time of year. You know, yesterday I was able to share with you that it was 23 years ago that Allison and I were leaving Kazakhstan, 23 years ago yesterday. And so it was a happy memory. Today I look at the calendar. It was 11 years ago today that um, the unthinkable happened, that, that Newtown in, in Newtown, Connecticut, Sandy Hook Elementary School um, brought us something into our lives that I don't know about you, but I never could have imagined it before, never would have, that a shooter would go into an elementary school and massacre six and seven-year-olds in their first grade classrooms. But that's exactly what happened. Um, and, and what makes it even more sickening is that nothing has changed, not a thing, not one law has been written to keep these kinds of massacres from happening again, nothing to protect our children in schools where they should be eminently safe. And that piece of shit, that living piece of human excrement, Alex Jones, who was found guilty to have slandered and harassed and um, just mercilessly attacked the parents of these children who were murdered at Sandy Hook. He's still slandering them and still hasn't paid them a dime. And he's back on shit. It's just, it's just... It, it, it's the unthinkable. And you know, um, it was 23 years ago, also yesterday, that uh, Al Gore conceded. Can you imagine if George W. Bush had never been anointed president? Because we know he wasn't elected, right? He was given it given that job by the Supreme Court. And, oh, my God, here, we hope it doesn't happen again because a lot is in the hands of the Supreme Court right now or will be very shortly. And Marcy Wheeler will be here tomorrow to tell us what's happening with that because I wouldn't dare to, uh, to try to explain it. We'll let Marcy do it tomorrow. But um, hopefully she'll be more confident than I'm feeling at the moment because I'm, I'm kind of feeling pessimistic at the moment. I think understandably so. 
Um, anyway, the, you know, so I'm looking at the calendar and we are, you know, there's, there's a week left before, well, Christmas. Um, yeah. So tomorrow we have Marcy Wheeler as usual on Fridays next week. Um, well, here's the thing. We usually do a big Festivus celebration on the 23rd, which is the Festivus holiday. This year, though, the 23rd falls on a Saturday. Uh, Christmas Eve is the 24th. That's Sunday. And Christmas this year falls on Monday. Holiday, day off, yeah. Um, so here's what I'm thinking about doing. Uh, I believe we will still have Howie next Thursday and Marcy Wheeler next Friday. Just trying to do the, the end of the year bookkeeping stuff, you know, um, producer stuff, because my producer is woefully underpaid. Um, anyway, so what if we do, we have our Festivus Day on Wednesday. It'll be the 20th, but you know, whatever. We can have Festivus on Wednesday. And all that means is, you need to come compa- uh, armed with your um, either grievances or feats of strength or some combination of them all. We'll, we'll, we'll do something. Uh, of course, I'll make my lists, but I hope you'll make yours too. Um, we'll figure out what we'll do Monday and Tuesday. Maybe we'll get Lisa Graves back on because um, uh, there's so much court action happening. And it's been a while since Lisa's been here. Then, all right, so Christmas is the 25th. And as usual, I will do my my Christmas music celebration. It's non-traditional Christmas music for anyone who's wondering. And then we have that week. And honestly, I'm thinking that I'm going to take that week off. You know me, I don't take a lot of time off. I did for the move. Um... But we have a lot of, uh, I think, housekeeping to do. So not to be a bummer or anything, but I've, I've had a few disappointments um, this year. It's been difficult. And I just, I got another one yesterday. So our pal got a laugh, who has been doing a weekly and then every other weekly segment on this show for uh, it's more than 10 years um, is going to take a break, uh, and it may be permanent. Um, look, I, you know, it's not like I pay her a fortune. I don't pay her anything. Um, (laughs) uh, but you know, she's getting ready to move. They're selling their house in California. They're getting ready to move up to Canada and she's overly stressed as are we all. And so she said, um, well, basically what she said is that she, she wants to take a break until after the move and maybe permanently. So, you know, nothing I can do about it except try to figure out how we go forward on this program. So, so here's my question for you is um, if you, oh, somebody at the door, if you... <laughs> If you, um, if you have a, uh, yeah, I, I blame Sandra Day O'Connor for Bush being installed as well. John O in the chat room just said, and I mentioned that frankly, when she died, you see, I don't have one of those rules that says don't speak ill of the dead because sometimes, um, (laughs) sometimes the, the, the sentiment is 
well, it was about time. That's how I felt with Kissinger and Sandra Day O'Connor. I I feel like um, it, it was the reason Bush was installed. And, you know, I had this conversation, I think yesterday when Francis Fisher was here, when I mentioned that it was the 23rd anniversary of uh, Gore conceding. And that movie, again, it's a movie that's probably 20, 30 years old called Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. And it just shows the premise is that your life can change in an instant with something as simple as the door to the subway closing before you have a chance to get on. A missed encounter, something simple. In this case, it's something a hell of a lot less simple um, where Sandra Day O'Connor's actions, Jeb Bush's actions, um, the actions that stole that 2000 election for W, uh, just, just look at the dominoes that have fallen, right? Um, from the moment they installed him in the Oval Office, uh, then it was just a few short months later uh, the attacks of 9-11, well, almost a year later, but, you know, don't don't let that get in the way. Um, in, in September of 2001, the 9-11 attacks. Number one, I, and there's no way to know this, so it's just, you know, it's fun to think, what if? Um, if Gore had been president, I don't think anyone would have ignored that August presidential daily briefing that said bin Laden um, expected to strike in the U.S. or I'm, I'm, I'm messing up the actual um, uh, verbiage there. But but you know what it was the the Bush people ignored it. I don't think the Al Gore administration would have. And that would have changed the course of history. I don't think we would have had Donald Trump. I, you know, I want someone to write that movie. I'll write it with you. <laughs> I've got some extra time on my hands now. So anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Diane says, like Gore said, since it was SCOTUS that made the decision, he had nowhere to appeal it. Well, there's that. And now uh, I honestly worry that we're being set up for the same kind of fall here. So, and again, I'm going to save most of this for tomorrow because Marcy Wheeler knows this stuff inside and out and can explain it better than anyone else. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, we have that to look forward to tomorrow. Um, also, just so you know, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I have my first doctor's appointment in Arizona. Um, it, it, so it's taken me this long since we moved here to get an appointment with a primary care physician today. Listen up, everybody. Today is the last day to sign up for a health insurance plan in the exchange. If you, um, live in a state like Arizona or Florida or a number of others that didn't, uh, put their own exchanges into action after the Affordable Care Act passed, um, you go to healthcare.gov if that's where you get your insurance. And if you're self-employed like I am, that's where you get your insurance. And look, I applauded. I was I was on the air during the, the, the years that the Affordable Care Act was being written and instituted and put into action. 
and the Affordable Care Act saved my life um, because I was a cancer survivor. I, I had um, I had uh, been treated for melanoma years before I was diagnosed with lung cancer. And remember when we had the whole thing with the pre-existing conditions and if you had a pre-existing condition, you could not get health insurance? Yeah, well, I do because I couldn't get health insurance. And when I did, it was well over $1,000 a month for a crappy policy. Then the Affordable Care Act came in. It, it was far from perfect. What we needed was Medicare for all. We didn't get that. But we got um, insurance. I finally was able to purchase health insurance as a self-employed person you know, not making a lot of money. And who, who, who would have thought it came with a subsidy? So, but here's what I've learned. So <laughs> here's what I've learned. As you get older, um, the, the, the industry does not want you to get to, to 65. So I turned 64 last month. And I know the answer to the question, will you still need me? Will you still feed me? Um, the answer is no, no. Um, so when I moved, I moved here, I had to change over my health insurance for the remainder of 2023. I found a crappy policy through United Healthcare, never again. And it's taken me all this time to, to where tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. I have an appointment with a primary care doctor. Now, I found a policy to get me through January to through November of next year until I turn 65, except that's if I survive it. What I've learned in this last decade is every year you inch closer to 65, every year you inch closer to Medicare eligibility, they make it more difficult for you to get health care, for you to get coverage, and for you to pay <laughs> what you owe. So the only policies available for me in this final year before I hit Medicare eligibility have the most obscene co-pays and deductibles and out-of-pocket. And, you know, here, I, I look, last year I bitched that my CAT scan and my brain MRI that I need, that I'm supposed to be getting annually to, um, <laughs> as now that I'm cancer free, I'm eight years cancer free almost. Um, the, the, the copay for a CAT scan or an MRI was $250, which I thought was insane. Well, my policy starting in January my copay for those tests, you get you ready for this? Are, are you sitting down? $750. If I should uh, unfortunately need to be hospitalized for anything, my copay is 50% after deductible. So then the deductible is like $9,000. So they get you coming and going. So I told David, I, I cannot get sick this year. And um, yeah, see Civic Folly in the chat room said, my husband is 63 and watching Medicare policy and Advantage commercials gives him panic attacks and he worries like crazy. Well, 
Civic that the, the, the difficult years are going to be this year and next year. Because again, when you're 64, what I've surmised is that they don't want you to get to be 65. It's the only thing I can think of. It's, it's just, so, um, I had a, a very generous listener who, uh, sent the money and said, you get those tests for this past year. And so the deductible was paid or my copay actually was paid. Um, but for next year, $750 each, I don't think so. So, um, yeah, they should, well, Diane in the chat room says, they should lower the age for Medicare to 50. No, they should lower the age for Medicare to birth. What we need is Medicare for all. Um, you know, because until then, we still have this, this very unfair system of who gets uh, medical coverage and who doesn't. So again, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> that I... Um, somehow knocking on wood laminate here, uh, remain healthy for the next 11 months because uh, I can't afford the medical care, even with insurance. Yeah. And then, uh, then if I get to be 65, if I make it that far, um, I'll go on Medicare. And no, I will not get a Medicare disadvantage plan. You know, I was listening. I know Tom Hartman uh, spends about as much time on the subject as I do. He goes into it, and, and that's a good thing. And I've heard callers to his program talk about, well, I've been on Medicare Advantage, and I've never had an issue. It's always been fine for me. That's because they haven't gotten sick yet. And I say yet because we all will eventually. Death and taxes, you know, two things you can't avoid. And the problem with those Medicare so-called advantage plans is that you, um, you're, you're, it's the same thing with a different name. It's the same HMO, crappy private for-profit insurance that the insurance company officials get to decide whether or not you will get treatment for what ails you? Because they can say no. They can say, no, we will not cover that treatment. No, we will not cover that medication. No, we um, will not pay for you to see that doctor. And um, yes, and you're right, Diane, 50 would be a start. Uh, <laughs> but we're not going to get there because frankly, if the Republicans get their way, they will do away with Medicare and Social Security. They will phase it out. For people, you know, our age, we'll be okay. Well, relatively speaking. But our kids, they won't have that safety net. And it'll be back to, um, it'll be back to, uh, uh, you know, eating cat food, if you can afford that. Cat food's very high in, in protein, in case you were wondering, should you need to go there? Yeah, I, you know, it's the end of the year. A lot of people, there's like seasonal, seasonable or seasonal blues. You know, part of it is, I guess, the sun goes down earlier. Part of it is, um, uh, you know, the time of the year, the holidays bring out a lot of depression. Um, and then we're all just, just had our fill of these stupid commercials. 
So today is the day. If you have not gotten your health insurance for 2024 yet, today is the deadline to get your insurance through the exchange. And it's better than nothing. It's better than it was before the Affordable Care Act. However, that's not saying very much. I wish I, you know, I wish I could say, oh, it's all well and good. It's great. Yeah. Art and Eugene says, I'm very lucky. I'm covered by my wife's insurance through her job with the county. The county. That's how you get great insurance. If you work for the government. Yeah. <laughs> Spocko says, I hate this stuff. I'm going outside to look at the sun. I'm sorry, Spocko. Um, yeah, I don't mean to bring you down. I, I just, you know, like I said, I got bad news and it's, it's compounding. And so anyway, um, eh, the barely affordable care act. Yeah. <sighs> and, and, and then I look back on it and say, okay, so that was, um, a dozen years ago, right. That we got that done. Uh, I've been doing this for too long and uh, I thought I had an out. I thought I was going to so I don't know. So, so much is up in the air. So the, the bottom line is we're here business as usual next week. We'll do festivist stuff on Wednesday. We'll do something Monday and Tuesday. And then the following week, the, the week between Christmas and New Year's, I'm going to take off. Uh, we'll run some best of shows. If you have uh, requests for any interviews, that you've either heard or haven't, you know, I've got, I've got probably 20 years of archives to go through seasonal, seasonal affective disorder. Thank you, Rick Smith. And the acronym is SAD. I know makes sense, right? And, and not in a good way, but it, it does make sense. It's just <laughs> sad. It's all sad. <laughs> sad. Okay. Sorry about that. All right. Um, I see the clock tells me that I've yapped on enough. So uh, I don't know whose turn it is to mix up the Dirty Debbies today. Maybe we can spike mine with something a little extra while I get Howie Klein on the phone. Are you a multinational corporation hungry for a treat? Well, come on down to Schmucky Chuckies, where you'll personally be seated by Chuck Schumer himself. So many dishes, and they're all fresh. You're going to love our Blue Dog special, the Dino Burger, because we say so. A good hamburger and french fries. And every burger comes with a side order of grits. I love grits. I love anything with corn. It's corn. All for only $50,000. Wash it all down with a dirty Debbie. Nine-tenths water, one-tenth orange juice. After a week or two, you drink this, it's 200 calories and it's acetic. And wipe your mouth with a tissue print of Glass-Steagall. For dessert, try our DNC tarts. Little cookies, tell the quality of that. Most restaurants give you a mint, but at Schmucky Chuckies, you get complimentary. Sweet and low. Who picks up the tab for all this? Find out now with Howie Klein of DownWithTyranny.com on The Nicole Sandler Show. Hey, Howie Klein. Hi, Nicole. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And you? Oh, I'm hanging in there, hanging in there. It's cold here. Did you know how cold it gets in uh, in in Arizona? You mean in the desert? <laughs> yeah, well, in the Phoenix area, even. I mean, I'm not in the any of the the high deserts where it gets really cold, but I'm in in um, the Phoenix area, and you know, I walk, I, I take my Jackson for a walk every morning, and this morning it was like 38. That's cold. 
Is it snowing yet? No, it's not snowing, but I wouldn't be surprised if it, if, if it did eventually. Sure. Yeah, I'm hoping. If I have to deal with the cold, I, I, I'd like a little snow. Um, yeah. So from Florida. <laughs> say that. Say what about Florida? I said, said the person from Florida. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, look, I would take 20 degrees over Florida uh, without and, and, you know, no, no contest there. But still, it's it's um, yeah, it's been uh, it's 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 an adjustment. Um, Jackson doesn't seem to get the 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 cold because you know he's never been in cold weather before um but he's he's you know i I think he's adjusting somehow what do you mean he doesn't get it um he walks outside and looks like shocked like what the hell's going on here it's cold (laughs) you know he, he has a hard time verbalizing that to me but i get it from his facial expressions Really? That's interesting to me that, that the dog is expressing uh, confusion or something. Yeah. Oh, he's been very confused. This whole thing, he's actually done better than I thought he would. But, you know, when we were driving from Florida to out here, he he went 10 days without eating. He was so freaked out by all the changes. He wouldn't eat. Um, now wow. he's finally settling in and I think he gets that this is home now, but he's been very confused. What thing? Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Twisted nerves in the chat room said, has he ever seen snow? He might find that fun. Jackson has never seen snow, but you know, when I moved from Los Angeles to Taos, New Mexico, which I did 20 years ago or so. Um, I had the, the two dogs, Sasha and Pooh, who were from, from Los Angeles. They had never seen snow and they went nuts in it. They would go out there. Pooh would roll around in the snow. She loved it. It's funny how, you know, you see these animals and they all have their own personalities and they react to things like this differently. Pooh loved the snow. Interesting. Yeah. So are, you're, you're, you're not a dog person, are you? I am. Are I don't you? have one, uh-huh. but I have always uh, had dogs when I was a kid, and I always loved dogs. Yeah, dogs are great. I don't know how people um, don't have them. <laughs> Frankly, you know, um, I, I I joke that uh, Jackson and I are each other's emotional support animals because <laughs> we need each other. So I, I I would have a hard time without it without a pet. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, I, um, you know, I, and I also wonder about people who don't like animals like, you know, Trump. Trump is so not a dog person and it's apparent. Um, and I also know that, you know, dogs tend to like me. Dogs and kids like me. And I think that's a good way to judge someone. If dogs, you know, don't like you or if kids don't like you. I might have a harder time trusting you than I would if, if you're someone who, you know, those, those kind of uh, creatures naturally are drawn to. Uh-huh. Well, <clears throat> next time you come to L.A., you should come with me for a walk. Uh, all of the dogs in my neighborhood, they absolutely love me. And the reason for that, of course, is <laughs> because I bring them goodies. Of course you do. So are you... I yeah. got the best uh, food you can get. So none of the, that uh, poisonous stuff from other countries. This is all like, you know, human grade food. I mean, it's dog food, but it's human grade. Right. And you bring them, you bring treats to give them on your walk? Every day. Oh, I so love they, that. When they, 
when they see me coming to their neighborhood, they went, they usually go crazy. <laughs> That's cool. You know, um, when I lived in L.A., there was, I lived in the Hollywood Hills for a while, and I used to take my dog Sandy at the time um, uh, hiking in Runyon Canyon, which was the best place for people with dogs. And you'd see everyone up there, you know, like from you know, just schmoes like me to like movie stars up there walking their dogs. And it was the best. It was like a probably a two mile loop uh, all the way around. And but there are tons of places like that in L.A. to go walking with your dogs. Absolutely. Well, I live up in Griffith Park. So, of course, there's a lot here where you can take your dog. But um, you've mentioned a lot of dogs names. Yes. And, um, and, and that's kind of part of the reason why I don't have a dog. It's not the only reason. But it's part of the reason because it, it, it just makes it, it has made me so sad when, mm. when my dogs um, died. It's the worst. I deal with it. It's you, you lose a family member. And, sure. you know, when I had Sandy, Sandy, when I bought my first house in, in Los Angeles, I had a house in Laurel Canyon, right up Kirkwood Drive. And the first thing I did after I got the house was like, OK, now I can get a dog. And I found Sandy and she was my first baby. She was everything to me. And she used to go to the radio station with me. She was the station dog. Um, and uh, um, she she wound up having this brain tumor. And I, there was something, I knew that there was something hurting her. I didn't know what it was at the time. When I went off to Kazakhstan and adopted Allison, when I came home, um, she had gotten a little worse. And, you know, she would come, she would, she would go into the radio station every day when an artist would come in, we'd all pose for pictures and Sandy would get right in the picture. Well, one day she stood in the corner and she was like facing the corner and something was really weird. And I took her to the vet on the way home. And after like what seemed like an eternity, the vet came out and said, she's blind. She's gone blind. I'm like, she did what? Long story short, she held on. I know she held on until I got home with Allison because she had a tumor eating away the whole side of her face. And putting her down was the hardest thing I had ever done. And I said, I'm not doing it again. I cannot go through this again because it, she was my first baby. It killed me. And then I'd look at Allison and Allison would hold this picture of Sandy. And she'd go, Sam, Sam. And I just thought, I can't, my kid cannot grow up without a dog. So we wound up with two of them. So I got Sasha and Pooh and they were, they were a handful and, but they were like, they were dogs where Sandy was my baby. They were my dogs and I loved them, but they were dogs. But now I have Jackson, Jackson Brown. He's my baby again. So it's, I, I get it. It's, it's, I, you know, I, nothing can happen to this dog. I better go first because I, I don't think I'd survive it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. At one point, um, my uh, when, when I was very, very, very young, we moved. My parents got rid of my dog, <gasps> and and really didn't do much about it. I mean, didn't consult me about it. Just all of a sudden, the dog wasn't there, and we moved. And we moved. I don't know, maybe thirty, forty miles away. I, I'm not sure exactly how far it was. Maybe maybe thirty miles away, not forty. And, um, I don't know, a few days later, the dog showed up. <gasps> oh, see, they can do oh. that, too. And did your and parents they, and say he can stay? Uh, 
they, my parents couldn't, you know, then not let me keep the dog. I mean, right. they, you know, I mean, that was like such a miracle that, I mean, they were in shock and they, and then I kept the dog. Oh, good. Yeah. See, the, the, I, and you hear those stories, you know, what, what was the, um, uh, the long journey, but I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm thinking of the book where the, the two dogs and the cat somehow make it across the country. They can find their way back to you. And they do. Anyway, we got, we got on dogs and as Jackson sitting here by my feet. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it makes, makes life worth living sometimes when other things don't seem to make it. Now, I have anything a, to talk about Trump. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God. So the, the judge, um, all right. I, I don't even know if we, you know what, I'm going to save that for Marcy Wheeler for tomorrow and let her go through all of the stuff with the delay and the, the discovery and everything's on hold. Cause judge Chutkin says, well, uh, well, uh, um, it's going up to the Supreme court, uh, discovery and everything is stayed. Uh, we'll let Marcy get into that. What I want to ask you about is this House of Representatives, as is currently constituted, this do-nothing Congress um, had time yesterday to open an official impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, even though they still can't say what crime he's accused of perpetrating on the American people. Um but they haven't been able to deal with the budget or uh, anything else, all the other year on stuff. And today they're gone for the rest of the year. Apparently, well, the, the Senate's not. The House is. Um, and I, I, I pre- presumably, if the Senate comes up with a compromise between Ukraine aid and um, and, and the border or whatever the Republicans yeah. are crying about, uh, they can come back. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're done for the rest of the year. And, uh, you know, I wish they were done for the rest of the century. No kidding. So what was interesting today, because they're done now for the rest of the year, um, Kevin McCarthy delivered his farewell speech. Um, is there, I'm trying to think of the right word to describe him. I, and I don't know that I've come up with it yet. But here, let me just play. Um, uh, I'm sure you did. Uh, David Copperfield. Yeah. Uriah Heep. Uh-huh. Okay. Good band. That, no, no, not the band. Not but the, band. the character. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, he, McCarthy always kind of reminded me of him. Uh, just sort of a cloying kind of uh, guy. But anyway, you know, a lot of friends of mine who are in Congress have... No one has anything good to say about him. I mean, when he when he was when it was all over, you know, they tried to say something nice about him, but you know, none of them like him. Right. Even well, people who have served with him for years and years, including members of the California delegation who served with him in the state legislature before he was in Congress. So that's a very, very, very long time ago. Right. Well, I did. I did not listen to his whole speech, but I did find a clip online, and I, I mean, feckless, uh, wimpy, um, like it's brown nose. All those words come to mind. But here, here's a few. Well, it's under ninety seconds of Kevin McCarthy bidding farewell to, to the Congress. To the constituents, thank you. Thank you for ever giving me this opportunity to serve you. Um, to America, I loved every single day. 
loved every single day. 2,000 people have ever been given the privilege or the honor to serve in this body. To those colleagues on the other side of the aisle, I thank you for the work you've done. We may disagree at times. I disagreed with the vote on this one, too. But one thing I think we must quite understand, and if there's advice I can give, do not be fearful if you believe your philosophy brings people more freedom. What? Do not be fearful that you could lose your job over it. <laughs> I knew the day we decided to make sure to choose to pay our troops why war was breaking out instead of shutting down was the right decision. What? I also knew a few would make a motion. Somehow they disagreed with that decision. Do it anyways. I would do it all again. He would do it all again. I think the word pathetic sums him up. Yes, pathetic. I think that works. I mean, you know, he gave them the weapon uh, to 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 do him in. That's right. Uh, as this kind of a bribe to let him be the speaker for a couple of months, and then they did him in. I mean, it was it was very very predictable, and many people did predict it. And uh, you know, now they're getting mad at uh, Maga Mike, and it, I don't know how long. It, I don't. I a couple more months after they get back, he'll last. Maybe not even a couple of months. I mean, they were furious at him today because the, uh, the, the, the Pentagon budget passed right. and it didn't include all their crazy anti-woke nonsense. That was all stripped out in the conference. And then it comes back and, and they're mad at him for bringing it up. And, it, and, none of, and they all voted against it. And, uh, as, and the, you know, they're furious at him. And, you know, certainly the honeymoon is over. That's for sure. And we'll see what happens uh, when he has to actually pass the, the entire spending bill. You, you know, you can't, you know, they don't understand what compromise means. They, no. they, their minds, it's got to be my way. It's got to be my way. And they don't understand that it doesn't work that way because they're in their own crazy delusion. Trump's like that, too. But yes. since you brought up um, McCarthy's uh, speech, I don't, I don't think this was actually in the speech. Maybe someone asked him about it afterwards. Uh, they asked him about Matt Gates, and he said, He's just, you know, people study that type of crazy mind, maybe at the FBI. Oh, wow. <laughs> but they're, they're really enemies. I mean, they're, you, know, they're, they're, you know, they're out to get each other. Right. And so far, uh, Gates has been winning. Um, I was going to say, Matt Gates is still up. there and Kevin's not. Right. And every, whenever they mix it up, uh, Gates wins. Now, the, now, now, McCarthy has... I don't know. I, I, I want to come up. I want to say the word eight, but I don't know if I'm, that's the right word. But he has many millions of dollars in his super PAC. I think it's eight million dollars, but enough certainly to go after some MAGA type candidates. And already there are a couple of candidates that um, Gates and um, Gates is for one, it's a couple of races where Gates is for one character and uh, McCarthy's for another character. So that's going to be interesting. There's one in, um, in, in kind of interesting in Ohio. I don't know if you followed it last time, but um, what's her name? Marcy Kaptur is sure. the longest serving woman in the history of Congress. Right. Literally. She's, she's been at Congress longer than any other woman ever. And um, 
the Republicans drew her district was, I think, D. I don't know, D plus 15. I'm, I'm just making that up, but it was in that area, right. D plus 15. Right. And the Republicans in the legislature redrew the district to be a Republican district. So it's like an R plus five oh or six. Oh, my God. Now. And meanwhile, yeah. that district was had been two districts that they combined to get rid of Dennis Kucinich. It was two blue districts right. that they That's joined right. together. And Dennis lost that one. Marcy Kaptur stayed in. And now it's a Republican district. It's now a Republican district, wow. and, and they ran this character. They didn't want to, but they wound up running this character named uh, J.R. Majewski. Do you remember him from last uh, cycle? Mm, vaguely. Yeah, well, he was a lunatic, uh, you know, complete MAGA cr- character. He had a huge portrait of uh, of Trump in, uh, painted into his oh, lawn. I mean, you oh, can see God. it from the sky. <laughs> I mean, you're just completely crazy. And it turned out lying about his military service. He claimed that he, um, he, he, he fought in Afghanistan. He literally right. said he fought in Afghanistan. And the truth is, he wasn't in Afghanistan. He, he was posted in uh, Qatar, and the closest he got to Afghanistan was loading planes with, with uh, supplies. Oh, my. So he wasn't in Afghanistan, but he was loading planes. With supplies. So he lied. Uh, and then they caught him, and they found the records from, from the Pentagon, and... Uh, and eventually he lost massively in this very Republican district because everybody just abandoned him. So that, so then he decided in April that he was going to run again this April. And, um, you know, he's total MAGA character. Trump loves him. And, you know, he goes down to Mar-a-Lago and hangs out with all the other freaks. And, but he got such a bad uh, reception in Ohio that in May, so one month later, he pulled out of the race. Oh boy. Then this guy named uh, Rydell jumps in, a former state legislator. He jumps in and all of the, uh, the, the whole, you know, Republican establishment gets behind him. They're all endorsing him. Every, you know, it looks like he, he is going to want be the one to go up against Marcy. And that's a problem because he's, I don't want to say he's sane, he's a Republican, but he's semi-sane. He's sane, or let's say sane for a Republican. Mm-hmm. So then... Trump gets an inkling that the guy is is not a is not a MAGA, and he encourages, and other others like that encourage Majewski to go back into oh, the race. God. So remember, he went in in April, he out in May, October he jumped in again. They Matt Gates found a tape of this guy Rydell uh, calling Trump names and saying that he wouldn't support Trump. So you can imagine. So. Now, all, like, you know, J, J.D. Vance uh-huh. and, you know, a lot of other MAGA characters in Ohio have either now endorsed uh, Majewski or pulled their endorsements away from uh, Rydell. And it's just a, a, a total shit show. So so um, Rydell goes from bragging about how, you know, Trump is a freak and he would never endorse him and all that to, you know, ba- practically getting on his knees and endorsing Trump. <laughs> So, but Trump, Trump's not interested in his endorsement, and Trump is um, totally for Majewski, which is a dream come true for Captor. She would have almost no chance just because of the way the district is drawn uh, against uh, a you know semi-normal person like Rydell. But again, but she's already shown what she can do against a, a nutcase like Majewski. So she, you know, she was you know ready to be defeated, and now you know 
they, the Republicans have snatched a victory out of the joys of defeat. Again, or, or right. Beat out of the joys of victory. Right, right. Again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, well, and the, and the thing is, one uh, of, so, so Rydell is, is a, um, that's, um, I got off the topic. Okay. Rydell is a McCarthy candidate okay. and uh, Majewski is completely um, a, uh, a, a Gates can- candidate. I mean, Gates is the one that was behind this whole uh, uh, reveal. So here they are. I mean, and Gates doesn't have a lot of money to, to give to candidates, whereas McCarthy can spend any amount he wants. Right. What is McCarthy so going to do now? Yeah, I mean, now he said he would serve in Trump's cabinet. I can't imagine Trump would. <laughs> yeah, like Trump is looking for him. Right. Now, right. Trump, look, if Trump had any inkling of liking him, he would still be speaker. Right. Exactly. And Trump did. This is the problem with Kevin McCarthy. He's such a, 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 a slime ball. You know, the, he, he got up on the floor of the House after January 6th and said, Trump is responsible for this and then turns around and flies down to Mar-a-Lago to kiss the, the mushroom dick. And then, you know, he goes back and forth. The man knows no shame, but I guess that's typical for that party. Yep, um, that is especially especially for Kevin McCarthy. Yes, that's who he is. Yep, uh, and the fact that, as you told us last week, that if he had gotten out like by that day last week, then Gavin Newsom would have had to call a special election. But because he didn't, that seat can remain open through the for the uh, next. I year. know I said that last last week, and now I'm not. I mean, I'm not certain what's going to uh-huh. happen. Okay. I mean, certainly nothing's going to happen soon. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm reading other stuff. Like people are um, already, like, uh, telling the, saying that they're running in the special. Yeah, like Devin Nunes. I, I, I tried to find it. I can't find that there is – only Gavin Newsom can call a special. It right. doesn't matter if 20 candidates say they're running in the special. It's not up to them. They can say whatever they want. But there is no special. The governor calls the special. That's it. And I know Newsom hasn't done that. Uh-huh. And I don't, I don't think he has to do it. Right. If, if McCarthy would have resigned officially as of last Friday at 5 p.m., Newsom would have no choice. He would have to call a special. Now I don't think he has to, and I don't think he will. Speaking of specials, yes. uh, there is a special election coming up on Long Island. Um, for, for George Santos. Santos' seat, yes. And what's going to happen there? The, that, that was a blue district before Santos got in, right? Well, yeah, it was always a, it was always a, t- a very tight district. Okay. So, it, so it's, you know, it, it's, it, it's, I don't want to say 50-50, but, but close to 50-50. So, you know, it, usually it's conservative Democrats who, who win that district. And, um, you know, Steve Israel had that district as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. We remember Steve Israel. Wow. That was a long time ago. But yes. Then after that, um, uh, Tom Suozzi had the district. And Tom is is a personal friend, but he's also, uh, you know, conservative. Uh, And then he he retired from Congress to run for governor. He didn't win the governorship. And the all of the Democrats who sort of run the Democratic Party in that part of Long Island came to him and said, please, you got to run uh, for this seat when uh, when Santa when Santos is out. And he said, well, if there's no primary, I'll run. I don't want to fight with other Democrats. And they said, well, there won't be a primary. We picked who we pick who will be in the special. And of course, they picked him. So he's been running for the last couple of weeks. The Republicans didn't have anybody 
uh, uh, viable to run. They've been sort of vetting a bunch of candidates. They're all silly. And they finally chose one today. Uh, and it's uh, now, let me get this right. She is an Orthodox Jew, born in Ethiopia, wow. uh, grew up in Israel, joined the IDF. Wow. And uh, pictures of her, you know, show her with like an Uzi. Oh, God. <laughs> and, all she talks about is Israel. I mean, she should go run for the Knesset, but she's 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 the one that's running. So it's kind of funny. And she just did her her first, um, uh, you know, interview or press conference, I should say. And someone said to her, "Well, you're a registered Democrat. Are you going to switch parties now?" And she she wouldn't answer. And then they said, "Well, what do you think about uh, the Republicans wanting to uh, to to ban women's choice?" And then a guy from the Nassau County Republican Party stepped in and said, look, she's not going to discuss her whole platform right now. <laughs> and he's just asking her one simple question. Right. Now, uh, let's move on. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So this is going to be a really funny race. I suspect that Swazi will win. Like I said, it's a tight district. The Republicans have done very, very well in, in that area lately. They, they've the the. Um, the swing voters have all been voting for Republicans because they're afraid of stuff they read in, in the New York Post about uh, crime coming oh, into God. Long Island, even though there isn't any. Right. But, they, you know, they, they've convinced themselves that there's someone hiding behind every bush. And it's funny because I talked with somebody about that the other day, a, a very, very intelligent woman who lives in uh, Beverly Hills. And I said, you know, I, I noticed there's no homeless problem in Beverly Hills. And she said, oh, no, there is. I said, really? I drive by here all the time. I've never seen any. She said, no, they're, they're, they're hiding uh, in the alleys. Oh. I said, have you ever seen them? She, she said, well, they're there. <laughs> and then she's telling me about, you know, grab. She, she, and she, you know, she points to her own jewelry, and she says, none of this is real. This is all fake jewelry. I wouldn't <laughs> wear, wear real jewelry because it, or it's a snatch and grab situation. Oh, my God. And I said, do you know any homeless people that have no, well, it's happening. And I yeah. said, do you know what's happening? Yes, I know what's happening. I said, how do you know? And she didn't know. And, and then the most she could come up with is that there are organized gangs from Russia <laughs> who are doing this. <laughs> but it had nothing to do with homeless people right. who, who basically don't exist in Beverly Hills. But people start to believe stuff that they, they hear about. And then they believe it, whether it's real or not. Right. And that's the same thing on Long Island, where there's virtually no crime, but everyone is vo- is is uh, voting Republican because the Republicans are telling them that they'll get rid of all the crime that doesn't exist. Hi, yeah, yeah. is tough. Is tough on crime. <laughs> he was a Long Island mayor. He was the county executive. People know him and like him. No one can really accuse him of, of being a socialist, although they will, because he's you know he's a pretty right-of-center Democrat. Uh, uh, And where on Long Island is this? Where is this district? Well, it's Nassau County, for for one thing. None none of it is in uh, Suffolk. Right. So it's Nassau County, a little bit of eastern Queens. Right. A a significant amount, but not not as much as Nassau County. And it it used to just be the North Shore. And then when they redistricted... It went down into the heart of Long Island, so in the middle of it, and even a little bit towards the southern part. But uh-huh. still, the most people are just on the north shore of, of Nassau County. That's where the wow, and that of, that that doesn't that butt up against AOC's district. Yes. Yeah. So I I don't I don't get how they go for Republicans, but you know, no, strangers- no, it's it, it, the most liberal part of this district 
butts up against the most conservative I part see. of AOC's yes, district. Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I lived there. But, you know, I was born. I lived in Queens in Bayside is where uh, I, I spent my first 11 years. So Right. That's a very far, uh, very far from this district and very changed from when you were when you grew up. I'm sure everything has changed yeah. since the, well, the old Bay, days. Bayside was a little bit, I don't want to say conservative, but it wasn't like a, a you know, very, very liberal area when, when we were kids. And now uh, Bayside is, uh, is a, a very, very multi-ethnic area oh, and nice. very, 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 very uh, to the left. Oh, cool. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. My, my little area, we lived in an apartment in New York before we moved to Florida. Um, and yeah, it's been a long time since I've been back to visit. But, you know, that's one of the things that Facebook is good about is that I've connected with kids that I went to elementary school with that, you know, that I remember from back then that uh, I'll tell you who was in my um, classes from kindergarten through sixth grade. We went to PS 169 in Bayside, Queens. Did you ever read, there was a columnist in the New York post named Andrea Pizer. Don't know her. No. Um, And I don't know if she's still there. It's been a few years, but when we were kids, her name was Edna. And she changed it to Andrea. And I understand why. If my name was Edna, I'd probably change it to Andrea, too. But but how weird it turned out that she she turned out to be this right wing columnist for The New York Post. And at the time when we connected, um, I was, you know, a liberal talk show host on Air America Radio. So uh, both came out of the same school, same classes from kindergarten through sixth grade. Um, right. Whereas my school, you know, Bernie. Yes, you and Bernie and, and Chucky Schmucky. Well, that's true. Chucky Schmucky. I'd rather not talk about him. I'd rather <laughs> okay. just talk about you Bernie. and Bernie. All right. And Bernie's still uh, still, still there going. I, I think about what could have, should have, would have, could have been. Uh, yep. I, I need to stop that. I do that all the time. It's not a healthy place to be. It would be much better to think, oh, wow, imagine if we can elect uh, Jeff Merkley, closest thing to Bernie that's, that's feasible for electing yeah. presidents. yeah. Do you think that's even a glimmer in his eye? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, cool. That's then uh, keeping an uh, eye out for Jeff Merkley, who's out there. Oh, Jeff Merkley. You know, get to know him a little bit. When you're ready, we'll uh, ask him to come on the show. Let's do it. I would love it. All right. Mm -hmm. Um, Howie, next week is um, is uh, the 21st. So um, I will be here the following week. I think I'm going to take the week off. The week between Christmas and New Year's. But next week, we'll do Good. one more. Uh, we'll be doing our festivals. Ex- exact date that, um, that we'll start again. Um, so we're off uh, the week on the 28th and then back on the first week in January. And I have to look at my other calendar. I'll email you. The first Thursday in, in January, if you're around. Okay. Well, okay. email me and okay. uh, definitely send me the date and we will talk about it. You got it. All right. I'll talk to you later then. Uh, Howie Klein, as always, go to downwithtyranny.com. And uh, while you're there, check out the candidates that Blue America Pack has endorsed. All right. Um, thanks, Howie. Have a great weekend. And I'll talk to you next week. Oh, we are, we are having a, a, a next week. Yes, a, a we thing. are next week. It's the following week. Oh, we're not. Got it. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you next Bye. week. Sorry. Didn't mean to confuse. I confuse everybody and everything. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Everything about my life is confused. Anyway, uh, thanks to Howie. Thanks to you guys. Tomorrow, Marcy Wheeler. Um, and we'll go through all the court stuff and all the, 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 the Jack Smith stuff and the, 
the judge chicken and the oh my goodness did you hear um the ju- all right well i'll save it for tomorrow because there's too much and it makes my brain hurt all right thanks for listening have a great night everyone peace out